Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for our number two of Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, and George Kurtz. Got Sean Angle working the boards, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And a big day, a big weekend of drafts. We've got uh, NFBC high stakes fantasy baseball drafts going on. Uh, live coverage of that starting at noon today. We've got uh, Greg Sussman, uh, Joe Pisapia, and former Major League pitcher Brad Ziegler. Uh, at the Stewart Hotel, uh, giving us live coverage of that. Also, Tout Wars going on this weekend as well. So uh, lots of uh, talented people uh, drafting this weekend, George. Yeah, like I said, it'll be a uh, very big draft weekend with, uh, I guess, the season technically starting on uh, Thursday in Japan, uh, mm-hmm. Oakland and Seattle. Everybody wants to get their uh, teams, their leagues drafted before then. So uh, it makes sense. I get it. Uh, you're going to have to see a lot of drafts next weekend as well. They'll, just, they'll retro play in the two games yes. that are played in. And I always mm-hmm. find that funny because, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's not going to change the value of a Chris Davis. Right? He's going to go in round two, round three anyway. But let's say Mike Fears. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, the one with a C. Yeah. Not, not, uh, I w- <laughs> Unless you're in a reverse league where you get points for strikeouts, uh, I wouldn't mm. take Chris Davis with a C. But if someone like Chris Davis on Oakland, you know, no matter what he does, he's going to be drafted where he normally would. But, you know, Mike Fears, mm-hmm. imagine, what if he pitches a, you know, eight innings of shutout ball in, uh, in game one? Does that change his value? Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden you're getting those eight innings, especially in a head-to-head league. You right. know, where if you're drafting right. after and he goes, all of a sudden, wow, you know, you, you get that. Do you, do you move up your draft board a little bit? Because that could pretty much win you game a week one all by himself. And I do expect mm-hmm. that he'll get another start. You know, he'll be one of those few, actually, I should say one of the few, maybe the only one who gets two starts in week one. Because once again, baseball starts on a Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're not going to have two starts weeks in week one. You'll have them week two, except for the Seattle and Oakland starters here. Now, they haven't announced if they're going to do that. Seattle or Oakland, I imagine they would. My guessing, my thinking is they will, but we don't know that for mm-hmm. sure. So I find it interesting to see what they'll do. Uh, but like I said, what if Fears has a big game? You know, what if some hitter that you normally wouldn't draft has a big game? You know, does he get moved up? I understand when you look at Seattle, there's not too many hitters on Seattle you want, maybe outside of Hanager, D. Gordon. You know, and they're going to go where they're going to go. Blake Train in the uh, closer for Oakland will go where he goes. You know, but let's say Hunter Strickland gets two saves. Seattle wins both games. And Strickland gets two saves. You know, does he move mm. up draft boards? You know, so I just I find I always find that intriguing. Knee-jerk to see how reaction that works out. could 
Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. People, if mm-hmm. people realize, it's, listen, this is still a marathon, not a sprint. Everything's going to go back mm-hmm. to the mean. But in head-to-head leagues, that's all different. You know, that's winning you a week maybe. So I'll, uh, I'm curious to see how this will work out. Hmm. Very interesting, yes. Uh, so let's uh, get back to breaking down. Uh, the AL East, we would talk a little Boston Red Sox. We left off uh, with Chris Sale. Uh, what about David Price? Uh, bounce back season, uh, 30 starts, 16 wins. Uh, of course, on a team with uh, 108 wins, you know, it's it's apropos that you would win 16 games. A, a, a pitcher of uh, David Price's stature, right? 3.58 ERA. Um, he's been... Uh, having issues of, of with his health over the past uh, few years, uh, been giving up the home run at a higher rate over the past three seasons as well. Uh, lost a couple of ticks off his fastball over the past couple of years, uh, but uh, compensating that by throwing his cutter a little bit more. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about David Price? Do you think that his issues are behind him? Uh, are you reluctant to, to draft him? Uh, or uh, is he somebody that you, you, you target? He's someone I'm targeting. Uh, in drafts, I think uh, I think he should have been the MVP of the World Series and not Stephen Pierce. I think Price mm-hmm. uh, saved their bacon there. I think he pitched that well. Not that Pierce uh, didn't play well, he did, but uh, I would I would have voted for Price. So, yeah, I'm in on Price. Uh, I may not start him when they're facing the Yankees. That hasn't gone well for him the past mm-hmm. couple of years, and I don't know if that changes. Once again, lefty against that line, especially not not a true dominating them, not like Chris Sale. Sale doesn't seem to have an issue here, but Price does. I think it could be in his head as well. So, uh, no, mm-hmm. I'm not starting him against the Yankees, but against all other teams, yeah, I'm fairly confident he's going to have a pretty good season. Listen, I'm high on all the Red Sox. They're going to win 100 games too. Uh, the worst mm-hmm. part of the Red Sox team is the bullpen. You know, they, they really, they've got some issues there, but they're going to score a ton of runs. They're going to pitch well, so yeah. Sale, Price, Erod, you know, another guy I like there. Porcello, maybe not those strike out enough batters for me, but he'll get W's also. So that's why it's hard not to like these guys. Uh, I think Raphael Devers is going to have a bounce back season. You know, I like Alexander Bogart's yes. in his free agent year. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, give me a Red Sox. I think yesterday in that mock, I took seven of them. You know, the, the value just kept falling to me. You know, I think J.D. Martinez round one. I ended up with Price. I ended up with uh, Devers late. Uh, Xander Bogarts, I thought I got it at a good price. Um, forgetting, oh, Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, another guy who I think uh, could step up this year. I've got him. So I think the Red Sox are going to be just fine this year. And as far as that mock is concerned, they better be. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Andrew Benintendi? Uh, batted from the two slot for most of last season. Uh, he's going to lead off this year. Um, 290, 16 home runs, 21 stolen bases last season. Uh, at 5'10 and 170, do you ever think he uh, gains that man strength and uh, becomes a guy that could, uh, you know, you could count on for 20 plus home runs in a year? I think Benetton's a very good hitter. I, I don't like the fact he's hitting leadoff. I'd rather see, see him hit a little further down the line up there, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, they have too many good hitters there. Someone's got a bad lead off which I think hurts him. Hurts his value a little bit. Little bit. Not not all that much. Uh someone I don't seem to be ending up with in drafts, and I don't know why. You know, I said I dropped the seven Red Sox yesterday. Benatendi wasn't one of them. Just seems to go before I get a chance to nab him. But I have nothing against him. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh does he hit for the power you're talking about? Uh I mean I'm not drafting him for it. You know, I think he's more of an all around hitter than a pure power hitter. And I do wonder if he uh if he does try to hit home runs, does that hurt the average? You know, so that might be something I actually be concerned about, and maybe I don't want from Benatendi because I'm drafting him for more right. of the average, more of the uh, the overall player, and we need average. Let's face it, we need average, sure. especially if you're going to draft someone like Joey Gallo. 
Because mm-hmm. if you're going to draft Gallo, well, then you're going to lose that average just to hit those home runs. So, uh, listen, I think he could hit around 20. I have penciled him for 18 to 22, somewhere in that range. So I think he'll be fine there. Another 90 RBI. He's going to steal you 20 bases, which I love, and give you a plus average. I'm not complaining about the fact that he might not hit 25 home runs. I can live with it. Hmm. So you, you mentioned uh, the uh, Red Sox bullpen. Who do you think ends up being the closer? Had uh... – is it still Matt Barnes? Is he still the favorite to close out games? Uh, Ryan Brazier also uh, mentioned as a potential closer for the Red Sox. I mean, do you think that Barnes is the guy or maybe they could share uh, the closer uh, job? Well, I think it would have been a competition in spring if Brazier was healthy. He's not. He's got the toe know, injury, yeah. so he hasn't pitched yet. So he's sort of taken mm-hmm. himself out of that competition. You know, So I think it mm-hmm. is going to be Barnes to at least start the season. But, uh, listen, Joe, you know, I write the closer report. Uh, I've been writing it for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years. And I say Mm -hmm. the same thing every year. There are 30 closers in baseball. By July 1st, 15 won't have the job anymore, if not more. And Boston Mm -hmm. will be one of those guys. It doesn't matter who starts. By July 1st, that that, that person won't have the job. In my home league the other night, uh, I had a team. I thought this was was a pretty good move by him. Uh, I forget what pick he had, but he had back-to-back picks in, like, round 14, round 15. He took both. Took Barnes and Brazier. I laughed. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Now he's covered. Yeah, he, it's, he's covered for at least the beginning of the season. He can just go with, with everyone's name to start and drop the other one and grab whoever he wants to grab. So uh, I like the move here. Uh, and uh, But the bottom line is, I think they're going to upgrade eventually. I think the Red mm-hmm. Sox are being very cautious. Right? Like the Yankees didn't. Uh, even, maybe even before that, depending on who, who becomes available. But like the Yankees mm-hmm. not going after Harper and Machado because they're worried about having to sign Judge having to sign Torres, Sanchez, when all these contracts come due. The Red Sox have the same problem. They're over the cap as well. Mookie Betts, Mm -hmm. Chris Sale, Alexander Bogarts, Ben Attendee. These are all guys going to get major, major contracts. There's a reason the Red Sox didn't bring back uh, Craig Kimbrell. Well, two reasons. One is because, once again, money. They got to save somewhere. And two is, I think, because they know Kimbrell's on the the way down. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think that's the issue there. But, uh... (laughs) They're going to have to acquire somebody, or someone's going to have to step out because I don't think Barnes is the answer. I don't think Brazier is the answer. You know, I don't see when you look at their, you know, their uh, their depth here. I don't see it on the team right now. And Tyler Thornburg is he going to step up? You know, uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Hector Velasquez? No. They I don't think they have a closer on their team right now. So it's it's weird to look at the Red Sox, great team, World Series champion, not have a closer. Doesn't that tell you all you need to know? Isn't that one of the reasons why teams are scared of Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell? Because he didn't pitch very well last year. Lost control of the strike mm-hmm. zone. Pretty much had to be replaced in the World Series because he was awful. And now he, went, he wanted a six-year, $100 million contract, which, of course, was never <laughs> going to happen. But, but now he, okay. I, I don't know if anybody wants him for a one, two-year deal. So I think mm-hmm. that uh, – and the fact that the Red Sox aren't in on it at all, that they're not making any yeah. calls to him to see if they can get him on a reduced one-year deal, see if he can rebuild his value – if I'm another team thinking about signing Kimbrell, this is all I need to hear. Is that, wow, the Sox aren't even interested at all? They're not making any phone calls? What the hell is going on here? Mm. Yeah, I'm just happy that the rumors about uh, him going to the Nats, because I had drafted Doolittle, uh, supposedly a, a squash right now. But yeah, Well, someone's going to get screwed. He's going to sign with somebody. <laughs> and the, Na- the, Nats, the, the Nats don't want to go above that luxury tax. The team learns are the high. Um, you know, they don't want, it makes no sense, by the way. You're Washington Nationals. Who cares? you got to pay a couple of extra million, which is all it would be. You know, and then you're worried about this? Yeah, you're really worried about winning. Uh, 
I mean, every team would make sense. Nats would make sense. Uh, the Braves would make like sense. Like you mentioned, the Twins, the, you mentioned. The Minnesota Twins, I think, would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that none of these teams wants to, either he's still asking for a way out of line money, which at this point, I can't see that he's doing it. Or the medicals aren't coming back very well here. It just hasn't gotten out yet. Mm-hmm. The teams are just so wary Cubs. of this. What do you think about him going to the Cubs? The Cubs didn't spend any money this winter. Do I think they need him? Yeah. Absolutely. Brandon Morrow's yeah. not back till May. Pedro Strop is now mm-hmm. not pitching for another couple of days. He's got the hamstring injury. And let's face it, that hamstring injury has to worry you because he had the same thing at the end of last season. Remember, he suffered that at the end of right. September. And I, was gonna, I, know, mm-hmm. I know they say it's not the same injury. BS. All right, it means he, what it means is he's probably favoring it, and now he suffered a different hamstring injury. So it is the same injury. Mm-hmm. And now he's got it again. I mean, you don't have a closer right now. So I think the coach would make sense too, but they're not spending any money. You know, the Novotia is right. not spending money. They didn't spend any money in the offseason. So, uh, but they would make sense. I mean, listen, if, if I think Kimball has to close for a team because it's uh, a lot of it's ego. You're not going to be able to get him as an eighth inning setup guy. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he would, I mean, the Mets would make sense too. They're going to be the eighth mm-hmm. inning guy behind Edwin Diaz. Uh, and for me, that'd be a great bullpen all of a sudden. Uh, there are plenty of teams that make sense for K- uh, Craig Kimbrell. The problem is, like I said, are you worried about his injury history? The fact that he lost the strike zone last year and the money he still wants to make. Uh, let's face it, no matter what he signs for, it's going to be an embarrassment. He wanted six years, over $100 yeah. million. So now mm-hmm. what's he going to sign for, Joe? One year, $10 million? Two year, $24 million? I mean, it's an embarrassment all around here. Same thing's going on with Keiko. Mm-hmm. Same thing. He wanted a big, over $100 million contract for a starter, and now mm-hmm. he's going to have to accept a one, two, three-year deal at max. And also, you know, when it regards to Keiko, it's March 16th. I know his agent said, I think his agent's Boris, that he threw an 80-game, uh, what the agent set up or yeah. whatever, zone spring training, threw an 80-pitch 80 80 pitch. game the yeah. other day, which is, once again, that's all hyperbole and speaking great. Is it against major league hitters? No. Then I don't want to hear it. So uh, we'll see how that works out, too. But the bottom line is this. For Kimbrell and Keuchel, you're signing them now. When are they going to be able to pitch? Mid-April? May 1st? That didn't work out well last year for these guys who signed late. Greg Holland? He was terrible. Mm. When you miss almost mm-hmm. spring training, I mean, it just doesn't seem to work out well. I know this is a, a yeah. very small sample size because it's only really the past, last couple of years this is happening now. But it's not really working out well. And we can go back a couple of years when these guys uh, – didn't sign. They weren't able to sign with their original teams like May fifteenth or whatever it was because they didn't accept their qualifying offer, and that didn't work out well then either. When you miss spring training, think about the same thing with football. When you miss training camp, it generally doesn't work yeah. out very well for you, and that's why another reason Especially why teams are going to be so yeah. cautious and hard and hard on these guys. I wouldn't sign them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's an excellent point. Um, you know, uh, there was a uh, a signing last week, uh, but uh, for an outfielder. Uh, Andrew, uh, Adam Jones. I almost called him Andrew Jones. Uh, I, you know, I think it's easier for a position player uh, to uh, step in and, and be effective as opposed to a pitcher. What you, would you think of that signing? Uh, do you think that uh, Adam Jones has much fantasy value uh, you know, going forward? I mean, I think he hit just 15 home runs last year, but uh, the, the Diamondbacks still uh, have a yeah, I know they added that humidor, but they're still a, a decent uh, hitter's park. Uh, question is whether he gets enough at-bats, too, right? I, I think he's miscast as a center fielder right now. Probably needs to play the corner. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, uh, listen, I love Adam Jones. Uh, fantastic player, great you know, guy for the clubhouse, and you know, everything else that comes along with it. But he's miscast as a, as a center fielder, especially in that ballpark, which is huge. You know, the ball may fly. Well, not, not fly like it used to, as you said, the humidor. But... So for him to cover all that ground, 
probably not good at this point in his career. Uh, they say Marte might also play center field. So that would be interesting there. I think Alex Jones could still hit somewhat, but I don't think he's a guy you want playing 160 games. He's probably not mm-hmm. about playing 130, 140, give him a day off a week, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, fantasy-wise, he's a reserve player late, see what happens. You know, I wouldn't really yeah. be going out, uh, going out of my way to grab him. Probably more valuable in deeper leagues, you know, 15-plus teams. Uh, but uh, just as we finish up with the Red Sox, what do you think about that over-under n- uh, number? It was a 94-and-a-half. Uh, does the um, – Mystery surrounding, you know, their their bullpen uh, hurt them. Uh, what do you, do you think they could uh, exceed that ninety four and a half that over under win total? Uh yeah, I think they'll go over. Once again, same thing. Uh, very good team. The starting rotation: Sale, Erod, Price, Porcello, Nathan Eovaldi. They can hit like there's no tomorrow, and their schedule is going to be just as cake as the Yankees. Same schedule, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a different order yeah. of playing team. So uh, I'll go over for Boston as well. The bullpen does scare me, but that'll be more of a uh, when you're playing good teams. You know, if the Yankees knock Price out early and they get to that bullpen, yeah, it could be an ugly series for the Red Sox, that sort of thing. But I think the Sox will look to fix that during the season. Very good. Um, So uh, got a couple minutes before we head to commercials. So why don't we just continue uh, talking AL East baseball. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. A little uh, under one minute as per uh, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Angle. Uh, Rays went 90 and 72 last year. Kind of surprising they they hit that 90 mark there, George. But they're over under total 84 and a half. And uh, they introduced the opener to us. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be some copycats, uh, especially uh, that the Rays won 90 games last year. Of course. You know, sports is mainly a copycat. Uh, copycat league. We see it in football all the time, right? Uh, Rays, mm-hmm. yeah, listen, uh, surprise team, good team. They'll, same thing this season. It's a shame they play in the American League East. They've got no chance to catch the Yankees or Red Sox, but they'll be a good team this season. Very good. Yeah, well, when we come back, we'll uh, break down some of the more fantasy-relevant players on the Tampa Bay Rays. Listening to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, not to the jungle, to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fantasy Sports Today, little Guns N' Roses action bringing us back, Joe Galena along with George Kurtz, Sean Angle producing our show, big day of programming here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, uh, starting at noon, uh, you catch live coverage of the NFBC high stakes fantasy baseball drafts uh, with uh, Greg Sussman, uh, Joe Pisapia, uh, former Major League pitcher Brad Ziegler, uh, Frankie Stamp will be drafting at the main event for the NFBC. Also, a tout wars going on uh, this weekend. 
Uh, we're uh, talking a little uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We're going through uh, the AL East to start off the, the show. Tampa Bay Rays, 90 and 72 last year, uh, 84 and a half over under. Uh, win total number. And, uh, you know, Blake Snell, man. 21 and five, Cy Young Award winner, 21 and 5, 1.89 ERA, 0.974 whip, 11K per nine. Velocity was up a couple of ticks last season. Uh, there's going to be regression. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, uh, 241 BABIP, that's going to normalize, right? 88% strand rate, that'll normalize. But uh, I still think he's, uh, you know, one of the top pitchers in baseball. I don't think it's going to regress that, that, that much that you shouldn't draft him. But uh, yeah, the, it, something else that might uh, do him in is uh, his uh, walk total, 3.2 walk per nine, which was lower over his previous years, but still continues to be an issue. Where do you stand with Blake Snell? I would agree with most of what you said there. I think uh, Snell will regress somewhat. Uh, another guy I don't seem to uh, be landing on any of my teams, so I uh, obviously mm-hmm. I have some trust issues there. I mean, it's tough. He's going to pitch a lot of games in the American, uh, American League East. That's a lot of games against the Yankees, a lot of games against the Red Sox. And those teams will grind you down. You know, they just will grind you down where you're not going to last long. Again. Uh, you're not going to go eight, nine innings against these guys. Uh, they're going to do their best to get to you early and get you out of the game here. And you mentioned he can be wild at times, which means, mm-hmm. I mean, is he wild because he's wild or is he wild because he's trying to hit corners? You know, he's missing here. So while I, I like Snell, but I'm not ending up with him. Don't have him in any leagues here, so I'm not surprised uh, if he regresses some. That being said, I do like mm-hmm. him. I'm not saying stay away from him. I'm not saying I'm staying away from him at all. I'm not avoiding him. I'm just not ending up with I him. I agree. There's certain places I just, mm-hmm. you know, they're just like that for me. I mentioned Ben Attendee. I love Ben Attendee, but I don't end up with him on my teams for whatever reason. Snell's another guy, mm-hmm. same thing. Maybe it's because when I can grab him, I'm always grabbing other guys that are right around him that I prefer better. Mm-hmm. He seems, it's funny, on um, the draft rankings I use, usually I just print out an ESPN sheet. You know, I'm not saying I go by their rankings. You know, It's not the Bible. I make my own little notes for guys I want there. But as far as a cheat sheet, it's a nice, easy printout. I think Snell is like 17th on their rankings. But he's being drafted around round, uh, round 10th overall. So he's going, going earlier than what their rankings are as well. So there are people who believe in him. And maybe he's going a round earlier than I would prefer. Yeah, his uh, NFBC ADP is 30. So that would put him in a 12 uh, team league uh, somewhere around the third round, but I, I seem to think that uh, he might go a little earlier than that. You know, probably a solid second round pick, right? You know, pitching, uh, it, it's weird in drafts. I've seen some leagues where no pitches go in the first round. Then other leagues, you know, mm-hmm. there are three pitches going in the first round. <laughs> Scherzer, right. DeGrom, Sale. You don't know how pitching is going to work out. There's always runs where people want to – because most, most of us want – you know, we all talk strategy, but most of us have the same basic strategy. We all want an ace. Mm-hmm. You know, and there aren't a lot of aces out there. You know, right. it's, it's, there's a lot of good pitchers out there, but not a lot of true aces out there. That gets a little, uh, you know, gets a little depleted real quick. Scherzer, Degrom, Sale, Verlander, uh, Nola. You know, and then even after that, okay, what, what's our next grouping here as far as aces go here? You know, did you mention I, Cole? I think you, or no? I think it's once again. Is he the first tier, or is he once again? You're taking a little drop there to go to Cole in the second tier. That's what I'm saying there. You know, Cole, Kluber, uh, Syndergaard, Snell, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that. Carrasco maybe you want to throw in there. And is that that tier? You know, it depends on how you tier things up here. And then your next tier could have been if Severin if he was healthy. I think he drops another tier now. Uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, Strasburg, another guy who can't stay healthy. Uh, 
And, and I get scared because after that, it gets scary. Because Bueller, I like Bueller, but it could be an innings limit. He's not just playing, making his cactus debut this week. You know, what do you think mm-hmm. about him? Madison Bumgarner. Does he have anything left? Zach Granke, that team's going to be bad. You know, not the same team they used to be. You know, Kershaw and all his problems that come along with it. You know, Fulton Avich, okay, he's, well, he may not be back till mid-April as well. You know, Paxson, what's he going to do in New York? And he now also seems to get hurt every year. So right. uh, it's a lot of intriguing things that are going on in pitching. That's why everybody and their mother wants one of those top starters. I know I do. Yeah, uh, I do as well. Uh, and and uh, for the most part, I agree with what you said. You know, we, a lot of us are on the same page with this. And then it gets a little subjective where, you know, you know, I said – Cole, and you're like, well, you know, it sounded like he might be more of a, a second-tier guy for you, but, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, uh, what he did last year, <laughs> 276 strikeouts, uh, two straight years of, what, three out of four years with uh, 200 or more innings pitch, so uh, an intriguing option as well, uh, pitching for a good team uh, like the Astros. But uh, back to the Rays, uh, Charlie Morton uh, coming off a two straight solid uh seasons career high 30 starts last year uh when you look at his uh velocity it's it's actually increased and he's not a kid you know 2015 his average uh fastball velocity 93 and then last season was 96 plus Uh, also had the 10th lowest hard hit percentage against with uh, just under 30 percent um what do you think about Charlie uh, Morton and uh, I guess it also stands to reason like you mentioned you know that ALE is tough to pitch in but uh you know, he seems to have found somewhat of the uh, the fountain of youth, this guy. He's figured it out, whatever it might be. It, it took him a long time, but he figured it out. But we've, we've seen other pitches like this throughout the years. Guys who just take mm-hmm. a long time before they truly figure out, how to, I guess, how to pitch uh, around contact or to contact, whatever it might be. So okay. uh, I, I, I like Charlie Wharton. He's a guy I am ending up with in a lot of leagues, probably half the leagues mm-hmm. I'm in right now. Uh, I do like uh, what he can do. He's got he's got good stuff. His problem seems to be not trusting it at times, where uh, his pitch count gets up there, where he can't make it. At, you know, he's what I call a five and two thirds guy. He's always missing that quality start by an out or two because his pitch count gets up there over a hundred so quickly. Uh, now you mentioned him once again. It's a lot of starts against the Yankees and the Red Sox that he's going to have to go through. You know, and even, listen, facing Toronto and Baltimore and those ballparks isn't any fun either, but he's also going to pitch mm-hmm. his games now in Tampa Bay where the ball doesn't travel, right, whether it's a, it's a good pitcher's ballpark. I like Charlie Morton. Uh, I think I have him as an SP, on that SP3, SP4 border, and he's a guy I wouldn't say I'm aiming for, but I'm looking at. He's, well, when I, you know, when I make my little draft list, you know, I mentioned that, uh, that ESPN spreadsheet that I like to use because it's just, it's an easy printout. I always highlight guys that they have much lower than I love, mm-hmm. than, than I have, you know, I have, I have much higher than they have because I don't want to forget about mm-hmm. them. You know, so I put them in a different order and Morton's one of them. Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the guys who I expect to, uh, to do better than what they're giving credit for from on these sites. You know, Jonathan Scope at second base, I think he'll be better. Uh, Andrew Har endeavors at third base, the Yankees and Red Sox, I think they're going to do better. And I don't want to forget about him. Josh Donaldson, Moustakis, you know, guys who are just, in my mind, are ranked way too low for what I expect them to do. And also, mm-hmm. on these sheets, just a little helpful hit for people, I also highlight one category, guys. You know, I, I know in my drafts, Joe, unless I get Trey Turner around one, I'm going to have a problem with speed. So I better look mm-hmm. for the Malik Smith at some point during the draft. You know, and he's a guy who's 35th on the ESPN list I'm looking at right now. But I'll need him. Byron Buxton. I'll need him. Billy Hamilton. D. Gordon. Guys, I, I understand they don't help you anywhere else, but I need to, I need to represent in that stolen base category or I'm not going to do very well. 
Yeah, so those Greg are Allen always guys I the, highlight uh, there. The Indians. Greg Allen, mm-hmm. another great. You can get him very late, by the way. Greg Allen. People forget yes. about him. He's, he's the same as the other guys. Yeah, he wants to get the same. And once Having you a nice start five outfielders, mm-hmm. you start five outfielders in these leagues. There's nothing wrong with taking a speed guy in the outfield. I'd much rather have an outfielder mm-hmm. be my speed guy than a pure second baseman where I can maybe I could have done better. When you have five outfielders, even if you don't draft speed guys, you're going to have a problem at the bottom of those outfields. No one's going to get five great outfielders unless you're drafting five of the first eight picks. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned Malik Smith, and he's a guy that's been on my radar. Well, yeah, I'm a little nervous, though, that uh, he's been dealing with this elbow issue. And I don't know if the uh, Mariners are just being uh, extra cautious or whatnot, but I don't, I don't think he's had any at-bats this spring. And you, you just hope that, uh, you know, this is not an issue there. But Because, uh, like you said, I mean, uh, based on his ability to steal bases, a lot of value with where you get him in drafts late. And that's and what we like, for average. right? Yeah. We like value. It's, I know I like value. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, like uh, Billy Hamilton's another guy. But at least you know when you're drafting um, uh, um, Malik Smith, if he's healthy, that you're likely to get, you know, uh, you know a 20 or 30-point higher batting average than a guy like Billy Hamilton, who's a true one-category guy. Uh, but uh, gives you a little help in a category that's uh, very hard to fill, though. It is. And listen, the Royals are going to be a good uh, a good source of stolen bases because, let's face it, uh, they're not going to do, they're not going to score many runs. All right? They're going to have to figure it out any way possible to uh, score runs. So they're going to be run wild, I think. Because, once again, mm-hmm. you got to figure out something. Hit runs, move the bases, you know, whatever you can do. You're not, you're, they're not going to hit a lot of home runs. They're not going to hit 18 singles in a row. So they're going to have to uh, manufacture runs any way possible. They're going to steal a lot. Billy Hamilton, Mondesi, Merrifield. I expect them all to run and run wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Glasnow got uh, some attention uh, when uh, his velocity was up this spring, former uh, Pirates top prospect, but uh, I don't really think he should be on uh, too many uh, <laughs> teams this year. Uh, how do you feel about Tyler Glass now uh, closing out the uh, the starting rotation for the Rays? Well, listen, I don't mind. Uh, he's an interesting guy because you he can also be used as a reliever. So if things go wrong mm-hmm. for you in your closure hunt, there you can throw him in there. Uh, let's face it, there aren't enough, there aren't enough closers to go around. You know, that's going to be a problem here. So his velocity is up a tick or two, and we like to see that. Mm-hmm. Always nice. The problem is going to be this with Glass now. 111 innings last year. How many is he, is he going to throw this year? If you if if the rate and I don't know if the Rays do or don't believe. Nobody really does. If they only believe in the 40 inning bump, that's 150 innings. That might not mm-hmm. get you to August. You know, <laughs> early August at the best. So I think he's someone mm-hmm. you need to make contingency plans for. You know, where, okay, mm-hmm. I got him for a couple of months, then I have to move him, I have to trade him, or I better have a very deep pitching staff that I can cover for him. That sort of thing. I like Glasnow. I do. I think he does rebound somewhat. Not that he's going to be some great guy, Joe. He's a double-digit round guy as far as drafting. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind adding him, but I also know eventually I'm going to have to subtract him as well because I just don't know how far, how deep he's going to go into the season. Or is he also going to be, right. are they going to skip him starts? Are they going to, uh, okay, you're a five-inning guy, save innings. You know, is he, uh, is he the guy who they're going to have a start, an opener every game for? Because, once again, right. save his innings. Have him go, if the opening goes one innings, he goes five, well, now we're into the seventh. You know, and they'll fill it out from there. So uh, I think there's a lot of issues there. You're not going to get many quality starts from Glass now, not because of bad pitching, but because he's not going to go six innings. Very good point. A uh, couple of... Uh 
young uh, youngsters. I guess you call them uh, second-year players because they've had some uh, uh, experience already. Uh, Willie Adamas, uh, shortstop for the Rays, and uh, Austin Meadows, former top uh, prospect for the Pirates uh, outfielders. Uh, so uh, what do you think about, uh, well, I guess, Austin Meadows? Everyone is in on Eloy Jimenez and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Then you got uh, Meadows, who really nobody ever really talks about, it seems. Having a good spring, good contact skills, got some power, some speed. Uh, shouldn't kill your batting average. Uh, if, if things work right, uh, I think if he gets a, a 500 at-bats, you could be looking at upwards of uh, 20 home runs and 15 steals. You could, and what's in this value there? Amazing, Pittsburgh, right? Glasnow and Meadows, both once top prospects. And I mean top prospects, both these guys, and they had to get rid of both. Didn't work out there mm-hmm. for uh, Pittsburgh at all. One of the reasons why Pittsburgh is where they are. You know, they're sort of a mm-hmm. bottom feeder now in the uh, And we talked to Garrett Cole. Central. Garrett Cole formed a pirate. <laughs> Garrett Cole, right? Yeah. Cutchin they had to move on from because they couldn't pay him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on and on with Pittsburgh. They had some good, talented players. Gregory Polanco's never worked out for them. You know, shame. Mm-hmm. They did draft well, but the players didn't... Uh, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, Meadows, uh, I don't. He was once a top prospect, maybe not quite as top as a Guerrero or Jimenez, but he was once an easy top fifty prospect you, yeah. in baseball. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. I think what you said is correct. Not in that Guerrero Jimenez class. Mm-hmm. I think what you said is correct. Uh, double digit home runs, double digit steals, with an average. That shouldn't help. Shouldn't hurt you. It may not help you all that much either. It should be about league average. I don't know if he's going to bat two ninety or something like that. But I think, no. you know, 270, 275 is possible with, with a little power. Once again, I'll say it again. If you're, even if you're in a 12-team league, and I know 15-team leagues are more popular now, you're starting 60 outfielders. 15-team, you're starting 75. Look at that. Quick math. Uh, so we need outfielders. They're all going to be taken. Mm-hmm. You think all these outfielders are going to be taken. You can get Meadows at value. For me, what I like about Meadows is I'll, from, uh, I know everybody needs to know how they draft. I know when I draft, I'm not drafting steals early. I could get Trey Turner in the first round, which change things a lot because I like Trey Turner. But I'm not taking Whit Merrifield in round three. I'm just not. You know, I'm not going to bank he's going to hit those 20 home runs again to really make him worth a round three player for me. And if he doesn't hit those 20 home runs, well, he's a one-category guy. You know, it's great that it's, a, it's an important category, but he's a one-category guy. I can find that category. I can draft the Malik Smith or D. Gordon later. That's, that's the way mm-hmm. I look at it with, with, with Merrifield. like the player, but I can't bank him with 20 home runs. But if I draft a couple of guys like Meadows, you know, I'm not trying to win the stolen base category, Joe. I just right. don't want to finish last. You know, mm-hmm. if I could finish in the middle of the pack and get, you know, a 12-team league, if I can get six points out of a stolen base, I'm fine with that. Fine. Right. I'll take six plays to get my six points and move on. You know, that's all I'm aiming for there. I know that. I'll make it up for make up for it in power or in wins, stolen base, whatever it might uh, saves, whatever it might be. I know in the saves category, I'll do better than most because I'll pay attention during the year and I'll pick up those closers who will become available. You know, I'll, I'll bank on that. So the, I just trust the way I'm going to play and how I go about things. And I think fantasy owners need to realize that. If you're not someone who's going to pay attention during the year, well, then you better get some closers. You better get some stolen base guys early. Speed can be found during the year. Power is much more difficult. Mm. Uh, talking about guys that could chip in a little bit uh, at the stolen base position is a guy I just mentioned before we talked to uh, Meadows, and I guess we have less than a minute left, but Willie Adamas, uh, shortstop, uh, made his Major League debut last year, uh, 10 home runs, 6 stolen bases, and 280 at at 288 at bats uh that's pretty much what he's done throughout his uh minor league career a little power a little speed uh decent batting average for his minor league career a 278 batting average uh, in his short time in the majors so far but uh 
to see maybe a you know late round uh, draft for you, maybe somebody that you could sneak in at the middle infield position. I, exactly what you said. Middle infield, fine. You know, uh, mm-hmm. middle infield. If middle infield is deeper than what we're giving you credit for. I mean, there are yeah. shortstops goes 12, 13, 14 deep. I mean, I'm seeing Andrews drafted so late that people don't even want him. He had one bad year. Once again, stolen base guy, DeJong, pro far. Uh, so I have no problem mm-hmm. grabbing someone like Adams later. I think there's upside here as well. Another guy's, uh, I don't want to say a top, top project, but a prospect this guy can hit. You know, he'll hit some power yeah. for you. I like Adams. Absolutely. Okay, we'll finish our discussion about the Rays. Then we'll move on to the Blue Jays. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and catch FNTSY Sports Radio Network's coverage of day two of the NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Draft starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time today live from the Stewart Hotel in New York City as industry professionals go at it auction style vying for $7,000 league prizes and a $150,000 grand prize. The NFBC has paid over $23 million in fantasy baseball prizes during its first 15 seasons. And with that kind of money on the line, these drafts are a great benchmark to use when prepping for your own. Follow all the fantasy baseball action with Greg Sussman, Frank Stanfield, Joe Pizzapia, and former Major League pitcher Brad Ziegler, analyzing the drafts in real time as industry professionals play for keeps, providing you the insight on who you should target on your teams leading up to opening day and uh frankie stanfall uh is going to be uh drafting in the uh uh t- this afternoon so uh stay tuned i was listening to a bunch of uh, their coverage yesterday really good stuff and uh like i said earlier man uh, just to get brad ziegler's uh take of former uh, major league pitcher uh, as to what it was like uh when he got traded from the Diamondbacks to the Red Sox. Uh, the fact that he loves to play fantasy football couldn't really play fantasy baseball f- because of the quote-unquote gambling aspects, uh, connotations. You know, the change of money, I guess. Uh, but uh, now he could play fantasy baseball, so that's pretty cool. And uh, what it was like, uh, you know, going from uh, the Arizona market where uh, t- to the Red Sox market, th- their fan base, how much more passionate. He said that, uh, you know, when he pitched for the Diamondbacks, no one would re- recognize him on the street. And then like a week into his Red Sox career, everybody knew who he was walking down the street. They'd recognize him. So really a uh, good insight from uh, Brad Ziegler and good uh, insight from the team. Uh, Greg Sussman, Frankie Stanford, Joe Pisapia, really good uh, stuff to, to listen to. So, George, 
Uh, we uh, were, were talking a little Tampa Bay Rays before uh, commercial, and we were talking uh, Meadows. We were talking Adamas. A couple of outfielders, I'll just bring them up. Uh, Tommy Pham, uh, injuries had uh, kind of hampered his career early on, but uh, look, shows good patience at the plate. Uh, got traded uh, from the Cardinals last season, uh, kind of lit a fuse on there and batted 343 uh, with the uh, with the Rays last season, a potential 2020 guy in the outfield. Yeah, and uh, he'll be back returning to the outfield to the Rays next week. He's been DHing, so I'm a little banged up there, but he's fine as far as that's concerned, so fancy owners shouldn't be worried about him. He's a guy I don't think he's getting enough respect yet. Uh, he's slight. It's he's up and down in drafts. I guess it depends on who you're playing with. But uh, I like Tommy Pham. I think he's going to be a really good player uh, for the the Rays. He's th- you know he's 31. He's not a kid. You know I, I don't mm-hmm. even I, that caught me by surprise, Joe. I thought he'd be like 25, 26. Because a guy yeah, you've only heard yeah. of for a couple of years Definitely. now. But he's 31. Mm-hmm. A little late bloomer there, which once again doesn't bother me. We see this a lot in baseball. I know people panic about mm-hmm. these things. Uh, what's going on here? But he's another guy. Should hit you 20 home runs. I think approach 20 stolen bases. Once, so it's a guy mm-hmm. I like. because And I have to – listen, this is me because I have to aim for these guys, Joe, because I know I'm not drafting speed early. You know, I know I'm not right. doing that. So I need yeah. to get grab my speed somewhere. When you draft, we can't just draft the best players. People forget that when they're drafting. They just draft the best players. Well, then you're going to be devoid of some categories. You know, you, you need we need stolen bases. There's 10 categories. You can't – unless you're punting the category, which I – have a hard time saying that's the way you should do it. I think it's very tough to, tough to win a league if you're punting stolen bases or punting saves. I don't like doing that at all. It just puts too much pressure to win the other categories. But I need to draft my stolen base eventually. If I'm not going to draft an 80 stolen base guy, you know, D. Gordon, Hamilton, or someone like that, or I'm not going to draft Whit Merrifield, or I'm not banking on Mondesi, who's going crazy early in my mind, uh, in drafts, th- third, fourth round people are taking him because I think he's going to pretty much mm-hmm. win that category all by himself. And if I don't get that first round Trey Turner – then where are my stolen bases coming from? It means I pretty much have to get four or five guys who are going to steal 15 to 20 bases. You know, maybe four or five is a little high. Three, four guys that I need that are going to steal me, to, once again, 15, 20 stolen bases. Fam is that. And I love it when it's an outfielder because, once again, we start five. So you're not going to be able to get five mm-hmm. great outfielders anyway. So generally, I'm looking for my stolen bases from my outfielders. So Fam is a guy I like because, once again, he's not a one-category guy. I know what 20 home runs are coming. It should come with a plus average. You know, runs generally come, come along with this as well. I don't think Tommy Pham is getting enough love. So you're a fan of Pham. So we got to, we got to, uh, you know, well, actually, I was going to say we got to talk him up, but maybe not. It's better off if we don't. This way uh, we get some value in our drafts. Don't want to talk him up too much, but uh, kind of agree with you with uh, what he uh, could bring you. And you mentioned Mondesi, uh, who is doing a better job of it. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he was overdrafted at least early on. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a steel guy who, uh, in 463 major league at bats, has a 273 on base percentage. So, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I like him, but uh, you know, you got to temper your expectations. Doing a better job of getting on base in spring training. So, uh, hopefully, uh, that'll fix itself. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, uh, I think he's. Slated to, uh, if healthy, and that's a big thing with him, be the, the Rays uh, leadoff guy. I mean, he, he might hurt you a little bit with uh, with his average, but if this guy can ever stay healthy and put together uh, you know, a, a, a potential 2020 season. Yeah, but he's not going to stay healthy. 
Uh, it's because of the way he plays the outfield. He runs at the walls. He's diving all over the place on that incredibly hard surface. He's not going to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He'll be to me. He's like a catcher. It's just a matter of time till he's beat up, and he's not going to be able to go. He's going to miss times. Listen, I love the way he plays. I mean, love the way he mm-hmm. plays. But you know the injuries are coming. I mean, look at it. Last three years, right. 88 games played, 98 games, 105. He did play 151 and 15, then 108 and uh, 14. And you do the average today. He's averaging about 110 games a year. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you want to take him as your fifth outfielder, reserve late? That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Plug him in every now and then. But uh, it just doesn't help you in enough categories. I mean, he. I think you're right. If you're gonna, if you, if you told me, Joe, he's gonna play 150 games. Oh, then I think once again, 15, 20 is very possible. 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases, very possible, if not more. But I'm not banking mm-hmm. on that. You know, he's a guy uh, in head-to-head leagues. I just wouldn't trust him at all. If he gets hurt on a Monday, I'm screwed in a weekly lineup league. So, uh, like I said, he's more of a fifth outfield reserve type for me, and not someone I'm targeting whatsoever. All right. So who's going to close for this team? Is it going to be uh, Alvarado, Jose Alvarado, uh, Chaz Rowe in the mix? I mean, is it Alvarado's job? It is Alvarado's job. He's the guy you want, and he's a nice value play. Yeah, he's a nice value play at closer here. Listen, closers are tough. All right. Uh, I, you look at this. I know when I my strategy as far as drafting a closer is I want one solid guy. You know, and then my second guy will be, uh, you know, pretty solid, but I know he can get, get replaced. Third guy is pretty much a dartboard throw. Alvarado is in that second slot where he looks pretty mm-hmm. good. Because let's face it, as far as solid guys, training, Diaz, Jansen, Chapman, Vasquez, maybe you want to throw a sooner in there. Uh, and that's about it. Then you get a whole bunch of guys in that second tier, Brad Hand, Iglesias, uh, Robertson, Doolittle. I imagine one gets screwed by Kimbrell, wherever he ends up going. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Wade Davis in Colorado, Corey Knievel in uh, Milwaukee. Guys I like, Alvarado's in there with them, where they're pretty solid, but, you know, th- things can happen here. And then after that, you get to the guys where it's just like, you know, okay, <laughs> let's see what happens here. They may have a job for now. Maybe they'll get the job later. When I go into a draft, I have no problem, Joe. No problem when it comes to closers of drafting a few top setup men. You know, Hader, uh, Miller, Smart. Rosenthal. You know, they'll protect mm-hmm. your ratios. You know, I'm not judging four mm-hmm. or five of them, but they'll protect your ratios if you have to start them. And generally, it's better off going with these guys than a, a Major League Baseball fourth or fifth starter that's going to get beat up in wreck your ratios. You know, yes, mm-hmm. they'll get a better chance for wins. You'll get more strikeouts. But uh, sometimes I want to protect my ratios, and I have no issue going with an Andrew Miller type, going with a Josh Hader. Hader actually would be a very good play because he's going to strike out a whole bunch of guys. So you know, he'll still help mm-hmm. you with strikeouts, just not the uh, same. Not you know. right away. Yes. Mm-hmm. All these guys like this. I have no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But generally, I look at guys who I believe could also get saved at some point during the season. You know, sort of trying to, uh, you know, Hater could replace Knievel at some point if things go wrong here. So I, so I, I look at that as far as things that could work, pay off down the line. Maybe Sir Anthony Dominguez again in Philadelphia. Another guy who Archie might, Bradley might even at some point. be the closer. I think, I think right. he's going to be a starting closer for them. So uh, he'll get yeah, saved right yeah. away. Uh, mm-hmm. But once he's sort of that dartboard throw guy. Uh, so that's how I look at things with saves. I don't get all panicky if I only get one or two closes during the draft because you can find saves during the year. If you're going to pay attention, you'll find saves during the year. I mentioned 30 closes. Half won't have the job by July 1st. There are closes losing the job all the time. Absolutely. And that uh, strategy will work just to you know know the rules of your league. Just you know make sure that you don't have to... Uh, have at least a thousand innings pitched. You know, some some leagues require that there's a certain amount of innings that you, your your uh, 
roster needs to, to, to have put together over the course of a season, but uh, definitely a good strategy to have. So Rays won 90 games last year. Uh, their over-under number is 84.5. Do you think that they uh, exceed that, George? I don't think they're winning 90 this year. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't put money on this, but I'll take the over again as far as the mm-hmm. Rays are concerned. I'll take the over 84, but uh, I think it's a, that's a pretty good amount there. I, uh, I think I might have an 86, 87, somewhere around there. And they're going to beat up on the uh, – like, let's the Yankees and Red Sox. They're going to beat up on the uh, Orioles and Blue Jays. They're, those two are mm-hmm. bad teams here. But the uh, you know the Rays aren't quite the Yankees. They're not quite the Red Sox. Where they, uh, they can overcome pitching mistakes because they can out-hit everybody. They're a decent hitting team. They're not a great hitting team. So uh, I'll take mm-hmm. the over there, but barely. All right, very good. Uh, as we move uh, through the AL East, why don't we move on to the Blue Jays, who were 73-89 and 89, uh, last season. Their over-under number is 74-and-a-half. And, a half. and uh, I guess uh, we'll start with the, the most famous uh, prospect in baseball. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he uh, has been moved, uh, has been dropped to the minor leagues. He wasn't going to start the season with the team anyway, uh, but uh, dealing with a grade one oblique strain. Uh, so you can look for him uh, maybe late April, early May. And, uh, you know, he's one of these quote unquote uh, can't miss prospects. This was the most convenient oblique injury ever. Right, I mean, uh, they they were looking for a reason to send them down because they want to protect the extra year of uh, that they can keep him without him uh, leaving to, to for free agency. Blah 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 blah. Like I said, the most convenient, I mean, uh, ever that he all of a sudden, oh yeah, he's got an oblique injury now. He's not gonna be able to come back until mid April. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not, it doesn't matter. He was never going to start the season with Toronto anyway. Everybody who was drafting him, I thought was nuts. He was going in round three, round four in every draft. It's like wow, yeah. yeah. You know, for for a guy we knew was not going to start the season with the team, so at most he's going to play 140 mm-hmm. games. And if this injury is true, which once again I have my doubts that it is, or at least that it's severe as they're making it sound. But if it is, those injuries don't heal quickly, and they can pop up again at any time because generally you really can't test it until you start swinging violently again. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a problem. You know, so I'm I'm very worried about him. I don't have him in any league, and I won't because I'm not drafting him in round three. I think that's nuts. I think that's crazy. It's always crazy to draft somebody you know is out two to three weeks. Just to, right off the bat, he's out for two to three weeks. What? And he's in round two, round three. You know, I'm a conservative drafter. You know, I like to, uh, to know what a player is going to do for me. And with Guerrero, you don't even know how many games he's going to play. Yes, I think he's going to hit. You know, I think he's going to hit 30 home runs. You know, what else are you going to get from him? I don't know. The man is, he's out of shape. I mean, which is sad for someone of his age. I mean, he is. I mean, he's got the biggest backside I think I've ever seen on a baseball player. I mean, it's, it's like, wow. You know, it's, you know, I guess I, I just don't, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, when you see that from a, a player of, of his age that he hasn't gotten in better shape here. But he's, he's, he's out of shape. And I don't know if that ever changed throughout his entire career. So he's a DH waiting to happen as far as baseball is concerned. But he can hit. The man can hit. I mean, when he gets his bat on the mm-hmm. ball, when he battles Absolutely. it up, it's going to go a long way. He can flick his wrist mm-hmm. and the ball is flying, so he will hit when he plays. But how many games is he going to play this year? You mentioned if it's not till May, when he's down to 130 games. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't understand these people still drafting him around three, around four. Not doing it. He won't be on any of my teams. Yeah, his ADP, according to NFBC, uh, still 
uh, 43. So that puts him, uh, you know, in a 12-team league uh, in the uh, third, fourth round. So, yeah, and uh, this is updated today. So uh, still up there. People still drafted him. So he's all yours. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so when I look at this this roster, it's a bunch of meth for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I'm intrigued with the uh, Lourdes Guriel uh, having a nice spring. Uh, had a decent year last year uh, with the big club in, uh, you know, uh, 305 at-bats. Uh, oh, no, that's uh, no 249 at-bats with 11 home runs, batted 281. So it wasn't overmatched. Uh, batting 370 this spring. Any uh, interest in uh, Guriel? Uh, later on in your draft, sure, but not really. Uh, I mean, you look at the roster. Danny Jansen, a catcher, yeah. fine. You know, we, we all need catchers to terrible. And by the way, Joe, mm-hmm. I, I really believe we have to go down to one catchers. One catcher league, not two. I mean, even in mixed leagues, two catchers, it's just too much. Good, good luck mm-hmm. finding 24 catchers. Yeah, and that's a 12 team. Are you playing a 15 league, 30 catchers? <laughs> yeah, yeah just that's going to happen. Around. I'm with you. No, it's really down to one catcher. Uh, Justin Smoke, fine corner infield. Hit some home runs, fine. You know, no issues there. Morales, same thing. DH, okay, good luck. You know, but I'm okay with that. Grychuk, I think he has some value. He'll hit some power for you. Mm-hmm. I just hit some home runs. So I don't mind uh, Grammy Grychuk as an outfield of four, outfield of five. That's it. There's no stars yeah. here outside of Guerrero when he plays. I think Guerrero will be a star when he plays, but that's it. Other than that, you have a whole bunch yeah. of blah. Yeah, there's a reason the yeah. Blue Jays are going to be a bad Maybe team. Maybe t- a real late uh, dart throw on Teoscar T- Hernandez, maybe. But, uh, eh. yeah, like I said, a bunch of meh. <laughs> Kevin Pilar's got that good glove, but 15 uh, 15 potential, but uh, just, you know, not much else there. Yeah, well, you mentioned Smoke. Uh, Rowdy Telez uh, is a guy to keep in mind, too. Could he cut into his, uh, his play? But when we come back. For hour number three of our show, continue breaking down the ALEs, talking fantasy baseball with you. Listen to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 